Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. This is a special holiday bonus episode, so this is going to be unedited, unfiltered. I just had to take to a microphone to count down my favorite Bravo moments of 2018. I just want to let you know in advance, this is unedited and unfiltered. I hope everyone's having an amazing holiday. I know I said I was taking some time off, and I'm going to be back after the new year. However, I did want to count down and just remind ourselves of some of the best Bravo moments over the year. Now, 2018 has been very challenging for me, but also so wonderful, and the response to the podcast has been overwhelming, and I'm so thrilled to have uh, so many new listeners, and I want to thank all the new listeners and the old listeners and everyone who's been so supportive of the podcast. Before I get into into the countdown, before I get (laughs) into, before I get into the countdown, I want to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. There's an Everything Iconic Facebook group. If you want to support this podcast in the new year, please uh, head on over to patreon.com slash everythingiconic. And if you click the Become a Patron button, you can donate $4 more per month, and the $4 or more per month helps to make this podcast. So I want to thank everyone throughout the year who's pledged money over there. Truly, I couldn't have made this without you. And I'm so sorry for constantly talking about it, but I feel like I have to. (laughs) Part of the business side of things. (laughs) Part of the business. You know, it's the biz. I always want to say that. It's, you know, just the biz. It's the biz. <laughs> That's the business. So anyway, head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic. Thank you all that are over there. Please rate and review this on iTunes if you like it. And tell a friend. Again, this is just a bonus episode. So if you're listening for the first time, this is a little bit different than our normal episodes, but uh it's a, something to hold us all over until the next Housewives recap. And then what else? Is there any other I want to thank Samsung Technologies for sponsoring this show? And I want to talk about my little listicle. So I love making lists. It really helps when I'm anxious or or when I just want to relax. I like ranking things. It really helps me. I suffer, as someone who suffers from anxiety and depression, it, it's one of those things, like one of my little tricks. So I wanted to make a list of like my favorite uh, Bravo moments throughout the course of 2018. And so I tried to make some rules. So, or, I mean, if I was making this list and just allowing... With there to be no rules, it would have been 10 Real Houses in New York moments, or 10 New York episodes, or everything would have come from Roni. And so I wanted to make sure that I spread the love. So this list is more than just Roni. I made sure that it's it's going to be my favorite episodes of 2018 from Bravo reality shows, but every every show can only be included once. Does that make sense? So New York is only on there one time, and then every show is only on there once. Now I want to say a couple of disclaimers. I haven't watched every Bravo show throughout 2018. So I've watched most, I would say, but I didn't watch the Southern Charm offshoots. Okay, I watched the original Southern Charm, no Southern Charm offshoots. Below Deck, I got newly back into, but I didn't watch Below Deck Med. So 
Although I'm planning on watching Blow Deck Med, and I, hopefully over this holiday break I can find some time to binge. But I didn't watch those two. I didn't watch Top Chef. I know a lot of people love Top Chef, but I didn't watch the. I didn't watch the real estate shows. Those are on my DVR. I plan on binging those over the holiday. So these are mostly housewives, and then you know some of the main players. I would say. So by the main players, I mean like the higher rated shows on Bravo, like the right, original Southern Charm, Vanderpump Rules. Or the original Below Deck, you know, those shows. So this is my personal list of the 13, I couldn't cut it down to 10, so it's the 13 best Bravo reality episodes. This doesn't include any scripted stuff, so I am loving Dirty John, but this doesn't include that. These are the 13 Danny's Favorites episodes. So I encourage you to all go make your list, but these are what I think were the best reality episodes of the year. So we'll start with number 13 and we'll work our way down. Number 13 is The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's the episode called The Big Apple Bites, Season 8, Episode 10. Now, a lot of these episodes can be found on Hulu, so if you have a Hulu subscription, you can watch a lot of the older episodes on there. This episode aired February 20th, 2018. Now, this most recent season of Beverly Hills, like I did not love it. I thought it was a total snooze fest. Teddy was the new girl, and I, I she's very sweet and everything, but I don't feel like they really had good chemistry all around on Beverly Hills. The fights this season were like about glassware and being late. There was no like overarching storyline to build throughout the season. I thought the trips were very anticlimactic. There was like a Nanny K thing. Do you remember that? And like Dorit had some sort of fashion show. Dorit! <laughs> but I thought it was like really a boring season. So, however, There was one episode that I truly loved. I actually loved all the New York episodes, but this episode I thought was fantastic. This was one of the New York episodes. It wasn't the episode of New York with Bethany in it. This was like the other one, but this was the one. Do you guys remember when Lisa, Lisa Rinna got really drunk and she was trying to figure out like why the women were arguing and she just kept slurring. What's the issue? What's the issue? What's going on? What's the issue? What's going on? Why are we going round and round? What's the issue? I said it's complicated and I barely understand it. What's the issue? <laughs> Just so drunk. And I lived for it. Like, I lived for Lisa Rena just saying, what's the issue? But also this whole New York trip, we got some good drama. I don't know what it was taking them out of Beverly Hills, but we got a lot of like of the Teddy versus Erica dynamic, which I would like more of. I don't know, something about New York brought out the best in them. I also, I sort of attribute that to Bethany because I feel like Kyle is close with Bethany and I feel like Kyle is also competitive. And so going to New York, something about it, it's like she knows she needs to step up her game in the reality TV producing department. And so, I don't know, I really felt like this was a good episode. It was, out of the whole season of Beverly Hills last season, I thought it was good. And I'm excited for next season because we know... There's all these rumors about what happens with LVP. Brandy makes some appearances next season. And then we, of course, all know that Lisa Vanderpump leaves around halfway through. And there's different speculation as to why. But um, I'm excited for the next season. I hope it's good. And that brings me to number 12. Number 12 is The Real Housewives of New Jersey. This is a very recent episode. This is Turkish Delights, Season 9, Episode 5. This aired December 5th, 2018. Oh my god, there's so many thrones in this house. Yes, I know, there's a lot of thrones. I feel like Liberace would be like right in that corner. Right. I love it. Again, this was a very recent episode. It wasn't like a big showy fight, but 
this episode did have like very showy real estate porn and showy food porn. So it was the newbie Jennifer. Do you remember when she showed off the house? Those fucking 16 bathrooms? <laughs> 16 motherfucking bathrooms. And then all those goddamn throne chairs that were throughout the house. Like every chair was a throne. And I liked this episode because there was a good fight. It was like that Teresa versus Melissa fight where it was about like, can you control your husband? What I liked especially about this fight was that Jackie got involved. Jackie was like, well, Teresa, like if you can't, if you were able to control your husband, like would he be in prison or have sent you to prison? And that made Teresa wild. And it wasn't just Jackie that got involved. Then Jennifer jumped in, Margaret jumped in, Dolores jumped in. The whole cast was getting involved. And that's something that I think has been missing from Jersey for a while. And I'm loving this season of Jersey, but I think this episode in particular, I love when these reality shows have food porn. And this one had all that delicious looking Turkish food that Jennifer made. I just thought this was one of those good episodes. It was like all around really entertaining. There wasn't anything that was like so memorable, I think, that you would remember from it other than those fucking 16 bathrooms. Also, I mean, Jennifer got a bouncy house put in her basement. Like, that's insane. It was a big fucking house. So I loved it. I I thought it was all around an excellent episode. Number 11 is The Real Houses of Orange County. Again, didn't love the most recent season of Orange County. This was season 13, episode 8. I mean, 13 seasons in, you guys. Like, we're 13 seasons in. It's going to be hard to get magic back. I'm confident they will eventually. But this season wasn't it. You know what I mean? This wasn't it. This aired on September 10th, 2018. And this episode, Seeing Red, I thought was the best of last season. So this is, of course, the OG franchise. They've given us so many seasons of great TV. The last two, I'd say, haven't been very memorable. Since Heather Dubrow left. And look, I didn't even like Heather Dubrow, but, you know, I miss her. Of course, I think last season was worse than this most recent season, because last season had that Peggy who was the 100th housewife, and I hated her. Anyway, I feel like they tried to course correct by bringing in two new women this most recent season, and neither one of them showed a lot of promise. Like, I don't think either one was very boring or anything, but neither one showed, like, a lot of excitement. That is until this episode, and this was with the episode where Emily threatened murder. <laughs> Do you remember when Kelly was calling Shane, you're a dork, you're a pussy, a dork, a dork. <laughs> she was saying that to Emily's husband, Shane. And then Emily's... Of course, her voice dropped like four octaves, and she's like, I'll kill you. <laughs> and he said I was drunk? He said I, I was drunk? You're a little bitch, dude. Kelly, that's my husband. That's a little bitch. Hey, that's right, my husband. Right. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Right. Right. Talk to right. my husband. Oh, yeah, really? Right. Right. Okay, I'll get out Threatened to murder Kelly. It was thrilling. It was thrilling. It was finally like some excitement to the show that's been missing. It was at some party that was a themed red party. It makes no sense for Eddie's birthday. <laughs> Looked like a Valentine's Day theme. I didn't understand it. But Eddie was wearing a suit with hearts on it. The whole season, Eddie didn't look like he wanted to be there. Gina wore like a varsity jacket. <laughs> I don't know. This is my varsity jacket. <laughs> this was also the episode that Gina revealed that she was, her and Matt were having trouble. Do you remember? She said, I don't know what's going on with me and my husband. 
my my gene impressions not good. not good but what i really loved was that fight between kelly dodd and emily i thought it was so so good i mean kelly dodd can be really great tv and the problem i feel with this most recent season it was like so much about shannon being like a debbie downer and it was just too much of a debbie downer it was like i can't handle it anymore. i didn't even want to watch it and i like shannon so i liked this episode cuz it wasn't centered around shannon's drama it was good I liked it. Now, number 10 is our first non-Housewives on the list. This is A Shaws of Sunset. The episode is season 7, episode 9. I can't believe we're seven seasons into Shaws. But the episode was called Sex, Lies, and iPhone Videos. It aired on October 11th, 2018. Now, I've loved Shaws for the past six seasons. I think Shaws has been one of the best reality shows on TV. It's always so consistent up until the most recent season. So, I wouldn't say that the season seven is, was bad. I just feel like there was like some staleness that we hadn't seen on the show until this point. I mean, and look, six seasons is like a long run to have such flawless TV. So it's normal to have some highs and lows. So this one wasn't terrible. It just wasn't the best episode. However, I did love when they went to Vegas. So this was part of that Vegas trip. So in the episode before this, we had the fight between MJ and... Reza and Mike. So they were in Vegas. Do you remember that dinner table fight they had? Well, this was like the episode of the next day. It picked up after that explosive dinner. And again, it was just the three of them, Reza, Mike, and MJ, kind of fighting in front of everyone, like the whole group in that hotel room. What I loved about it was like the whole gang woke up hungover in the hotel room. And the Shahs are really great because they're like always up for drinking, you know? And they were like ready to start drinking right away. But they were so hungover in this hotel room. And I always think, well, when you're hungover and when you're in Vegas, I feel like that brings out a rawness in these reality shows. So it was like the whole cast was so hungover. It's like their inhibitions are down because they're just like over it. Not only that, but they're also in Vegas. So it's like their inhibitions are already, you know, out the window. And on top of that, the Shah's inhibitions are usually out the window, you know, (laughs) days before everyone else's. But... This episode, they were like, it, it was such a raw fight. Do you remember? It was like uh, Reza had gone into the room, chased Mike into the room, and they literally, like, these two grown men cried at each other. And I think you get something with Shaz that you don't get in the other ones because these people have like a huge history with each other. It's like Vanderpump. Like the Vanderpump kids have a long history with each other. And Shaz does as well. Like they've known each other since high school, grade school. I'm never confiding in you again because I can't trust you. I do everything! And so seeing them interact is always fun. This episode also had MJ doing like pratfalls in Vegas. She was like falling off the couches. So there was comedy. And then um, halfway through this episode, they got back in LA and MJ was going wedding dress shopping because the finale of the season was MJ's wedding. And the wedding was good too. I liked the wedding episode. But uh, we got to see Vita with the wedding dress. And Vita is television gold. (laughs) I love Vita. So we got to see the fitting of MJ's wedding dress in this episode. And so it was just all around a great, a great time of TV, (laughs) if you will. And uh, yeah, so Shaz, I'm hopeful that it'll get back on track. I wonder, though, if it's because Asa's gone. Like, do they need Asa? I did miss Asa a little bit. Like, I think they need another strong player. Because MJ's strong, Reza's strong, Mike is strong, and I love Destiny, but 
I don't know. Asa was just a strong presence. I think we might need her back. I don't know. Oh, and Gigi's a nut, but in the best way. So that brings us to number nine. Oh, this is fun. This is like, a, I don't know if you guys are having fun, but I'm having a blast. <laughs> number nine is the Rehasos Potomac, which had an amazing season. Their trips were good. Everything about Rehasos Potomac was great. It was all around great. I would say Potomac didn't have like a ton of those moments that are we think of as like iconic housewife moments this past season, but I do feel like it was all around a wonderful season. Like they had that press conference. <laughs> I mean, can we talk about that press conference for a minute? Like that was amazing. Maybe they did have some iconic moments. I don't know. My favorite episode of the season was Mime Your Own Business. That was the name of the episode. It was season three, episode 13. It aired July 1st, 2018. And what I love about Potomac, and Dallas is the same way, They're, they were both in their third seasons, and I feel like the third season is almost always the best with these shows. The wives know how to play the game, and they're all still sort of gunning for that Queen Bee position. And even on Dallas, do you remember, there was, we'll get to that, but in the third season, that's when it's like, there usually hasn't been like one breakout star to come about yet, or there has been, and the other women are trying to take that one queen bee down. Do you know what I mean? And so this was season three, and Potomac, I would say it's Giselle and Karen. Like, those are the two that are the queen bees, right? The whole cast is great, but this was the episode where they're having a conversation, and they're rehashing that press conference. <laughs> like, L-O-fucking-L, because that press conference was insane. But so Giselle and Karen are meeting to talk about that press conference, and as they're like arguing and the conversation's getting heated, a mime literally fucking just comes through the scene. And they're like trying to ignore the mime. The mime was hired by one of the other girls to invite these girls on vacation. So, like, we know that the mime's being there, but obviously no one told Giselle and Karen that like a mime was gonna enter the scene to invite them to a vacation for the cast. So we're just seeing a mime in the background of Karen and Giselle's fight, and like Karen and Giselle are just like, what the fuck is going on? Who's this mime? <laughs> what? What's happening? Also, can we talk about how that episode was called Mime Your Own Business? Like, whoever thought of that, genius. You are a hot mess. Basic, get yourself together. Grow up, Giselle. Oh I'm just saying. Oh my lord, he went to camera time. <laughs> it's very irritating. Okay, but can you move on? Uh, this is some bullshit. Who are you? All right, you got your five minutes of fame. We're good. But it's like the most absurdist comedy at its best. And that's one of the best things about Housewives. It's like a mix of drama and laughs. And this was like the perfect mix of that. It was like we had the drama of the fight going on. But then we had this absurdist comedy going on in the background that like no one, you could never write that on a scripted show because it's like who would think you, I mean, you would have to be some sort of brilliant genius to think, oh, we should have a mime going on in the background of this fight. So it's something that you could not script, and it was just so beautiful to see, and Potomac was just amazing that season. So if you've never watched Potomac, please go back and watch season three. It's just A-plus TV. Five stars. Okay, number eight. Number eight is The Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's The Reunion Part 3, Season 10, Episode 21. It aired April twenty second, 2018. Now, look, I really didn't want to include a reunion episode because I sort of thought that was cheating, right? Because a reunion episode plays the greatest parts of the season. 
So I didn't want to include reunion episodes, but here I am including it because I think this was important. Now, The Real Housewives of Atlanta, they were coming off like a legendary season nine. That season nine was so, so good. That was Phaedra's last season. It was impossible to live up to the drama that led to the ousting of Phaedra Parks, right? Like, impossible to live up to it. So in her place in season 10, they brought in a slew of other women. So they brought in like Marlo, we had more Shamia, we had Eva was there. It was like a lot was going on in season 10, but they also brought back an OG. And I think they had anticipated going better, but it didn't. It was Kim Zolciak. Now, when I heard Kim Zolciak was returning for season 10, I was so excited because I knew Nini was back. I couldn't wait to see Nini and Kim interacting again, right? Like, I think all of us were so thrilled Kim was coming back and so excited to see how it would go. And then the season started airing and it was like, it wasn't fun. Do you know what I mean? Like, the Kim-Nini dynamic was not entertaining. Kim seemed so confident, so angry, so mean, so ready to fight. And I wonder if Kim, in her off time, she was doing Tardy for the Party, which she's still doing inexplicably. <laughs> Not sure who's watching it, but she's still doing it. Some, someone's funding it. Okay, Croy's funding it, or Bravo's funding it. But I think she forgot how to be a housewife in that off time. Like, I feel like she had all that off time, and then they wanted to bring her back on a part-time basis. and. I think she thought being a housewife meant we got to fight, we got to fight, we got to fight. And in reality, I think most of us wanted to see Kim and Nini be friends. Maybe have like a little fight here or there, but like I think most of us wanted to see them be fun. Be like old school Nini and Kim. Unfortunately, they weren't. And by the end of the season, it was like everyone was against Kim. And their reunion was so brutal. This was the last part of the last reunion. They wrap up the reunion. Kim had such a brutal time on stage. Like everyone was against her, rightfully so, because she had been the whole season talking trash about all these people and making up lies and all sorts of nonsense. So when she arrived at the reunion, it was like everyone was everyone was attacking Kim, but I think rightfully so. So then they wrap up. Andy wraps up the reunion stage. Kim goes to the restroom, and the cameras follow Andy to the restroom. So in the restroom, we have Kim, Croy, Sheree, Andy, and the cameraman. They break the fourth wall, which is always thrilling on these shows. And Andy says, like, what's wrong? And Kim's back in the bathroom saying, everyone is so mean to me. I didn't have one moment. Like, you didn't show one moment of fun or anything like that. And Andy's like, look, sweetie, (laughs) there wasn't any moments of fun. Like, you had a very confrontational season. You weren't very nice this season. Kim? Andy, like, how much kind of person takes? There wasn't even one positive question for me. It was hammered, like... I didn't think it was all that. You have the control to say stop. Bitch knows I'm not racist. Nene knows I'm not racist. You know, you have not found another white woman to sit on that mother because nobody's dumb enough to do that. I'm so upset with you. Upset with me? Yes, like, I just didn't feel like you stuck up for me or helped me with them ganging up on me. I don't want you to feel like that. I, don't, I definitely don't want you to feel like that. I did have Portia. Portia stuck up. I just didn't feel like you were really sticking up. I was trying to grab Kenya telling her to stop it. She was really going at uh, your kid. She wouldn't stop it. And I don't know if I expected you to just thought I thought it all, even before you got out there. I'm not here to fight nobody's battle. But Nene has everybody around. I, I honestly, that was horrible. Like, put yourself in my shoes. Damn, five African-American women just hammered. Like, I couldn't even speak. Like, my mind's a whirlwind. 
This whole racism thing in this day and age is bullshit. Like, every one of those motherfuckers on that couch owe this world a fucking apology for this racism. They already tried to claim that long ago, Sheree, as you know. Nobody really bought into it because the social media wasn't there and racism wasn't all that real. Right here is when Sheree should have said something. You know what? What would you like me to have done? There wasn't a positive question. Like, I have a very successful marriage. I have beautiful children. There was nothing positive. Well, guess what? I got to tell you something. There was also, there was nothing positive, unfortunately, in your story from the season. It was like this wonderful glimpse behind the curtain. And then there was also, like, you know, people that she came across as racist, some people, and it was... No matter where you stand on it, it was just like was not a good look for Kim. Like I don't know, I don't know that a lot of people could have come out of that reunion and still been as enamored with Kim Zolciak as they were before season ten. So I think it did her no favors. It's been alleged that like since Greg got cancer, that Kim has reached out to Nini and that they're on better terms now. So I don't look. I don't know that Kim could ever return again. It'll be very interesting to me when her spinoff starts up again because her spinoff hasn't. Tardy for the Party hasn't been on since this aired, and I'm very curious like how it'll affect that, because her final moments at that reunion were brutal. Brutal, so I'm curious how it'll go. Okay, number seven is Real Houses of Dallas, God Save the Queen Bee is the name of the episode. Season three, episode four, it aired September 5th, 2018. Now, I love the Real Houses of Dallas. Again, like Potomac, season three is amazing. The cast is pretty balanced, but they're all still gunning for that Queen Bee. And this episode was literally about them competing to see who's the queen bee of the group. So everyone on these shows wants to be the LVP or the Bethany or the Nini. And in this episode, it's revealed that the Dallas girls were on this cast trip to Colorado. That beautiful vacation home, which also was great real estate porn. You know, I love looking at real estate porn on these shows. But it's revealed that Deandra and Leanne were arguing late at night for who was the most important to the franchise, or something of that ilk. So, to settle the score, we got this little like pageant at the end of the episode, which included a talent portion, which was all fun and games until Deandra shoved a K-cup up her butt and spit it out. She shot it right out. Now, she didn't shove it all the way up her butt, but she put it between her cheeks and then spit it out. <laughs> now, the fact that anyone would do this on national TV is shocking. Shocking. But here is a society girl, a Dallas society woman in her 50s. Is she 50s or 40s or 50s? Putting a cake up in between her legs and shooting it out as if it's a talent, a, a beauty pageant. I mean, truly shocking behavior. I, we, I think we all gave Cameron a lot of crap for like looking at that, looking, putting her nose down at that. But you guys, like, let's all think about for a second. Like, there were camera people there, and Deandra decided to put a cake up in between her butt cheeks as a talent. Like, that's shocking. I don't care. Like, I, I'm not from Dallas society. I'm from Cleveland. <laughs> and I find it shocking. And any of you that don't, you're lying to yourself, because it is insane. <laughs> so, but also hysterical. And every episode since then, they mention the cake up up the butt. I mean, it was so good. It was, like, so taboo in Dallas society. This episode didn't have Mama D. Like, I love Mama D this whole season. But, like, that K-Cup incident became such a talking point throughout the season that I just thought it was so fucking funny. This episode also had the newly formed Brandy-Diandra dynamic. 
They had a lot of drinking there. It was like a lot of drama and stuff, but that K-Cup was just like absurdist drama at its best. Like the whole K-Cup thing, I think it was just such a ridiculous thing to have a fight about on Housewives. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I was okay that they mentioned it every fucking episode. Like Cam brought it up every episode and I didn't care. I loved it. (laughs) I want it more. I want it incorporated next season. Just don't tell anyone your talent. Just keep that a secret. I was extremely disturbed by Deandra Simmons putting a K-cup up her booty. This is a talent that I would expect from Brandy and Stephanie. This is not normal behavior for Deandra. So number six is Below Deck. Below Deck, I just got back on board this season. The episode that I love the most was Insult to Injury, season six, episode nine. It aired November 27th, 2018. Holy shit, you guys. Below Deck has been amazing TV this season. It's like the perfect mix of drama, laughs, island porn, food porn. Like, they're always showing the stuff that the chef makes. And then also you get this wonderful interpersonal drama between the crew. I also feel like this season they had, like, the near-perfect cast for reality TV. Unfortunately, that meant they weren't all going to stick around. Do you know what I mean? Now, this whole season, I think, has been some of the best TV ever. And I went back and forth between this episode and the one where Ashton got taken under by the rope line. That episode like literally made me cry. I was shocked. I was like tearing up at that episode when uh, Captain Lee was saying, you know, I would have had to call your parents and tell them their son died. Like, if you didn't cry, like you're made of stone. So I almost picked that episode. But this episode, this insult to injury episode nine, I thought was a little bit better because This was the episode that Caroline and Chandler were both kicked off the boat. Like, Chandler was fired, and then Caroline had given her two days notice, which isn't a fucking thing. But then she didn't even, like, live up to that promise, and she ended up leaving early. But we got that wonderful scene between Josiah and Kate, like, put the music outside Caroline's door, and then Caroline took notes and, like, went up to the captain. It was bizarre. There was so much drama. Again, this season has been perfect. There was one moment in particular, it was another episode, but it was like, uh, the Captain Lee was so pissed at Chandler, and I've mentioned this before, but he was like walking to go yell at Chandler, and then he runs into Kate, and Kate's like, what do you want for dinner? And he's like, I'm going to eat ass for dinner. <laughs> Captain, would you like some dinner? No, I'm going to eat somebody's ass for dinner. Ooh. The best moment. I loved it so, so much. So, I mean, Blow Deck, it's just been delivering so, so much. I could have, this whole season I've loved. And also Ashton's gorgeous to look at. I've loved the Riley of it all this whole season. Kate makes great reality TV. Captain Lee doesn't look like he should be making good reality TV, but somehow he does. Ah, it's fantastic. If If you've fallen off board, like get on board with Blow Deck. Okay, so now we need to take a quick commercial break. And then we'll come back and we'll get to the top five. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent, 
can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Okay, number five. Number five is Flipping Out. Another show that I'm on and off. I dip my toe in and out of uh, Flipping Out. And I don't think I'm going to anymore because I feel like this is really it. I don't know how Flipping Out could come back. It was not renewed yet. I don't know how it could come back. My favorite episode was season 11, episode 10. It aired November 20th. It was called The Final Flip. And look, like I said, I've always been in and out with flipping out. I find that Jeff is a little too harsh to watch regularly, but I love like Jenny and I used to love Zoela back in the day. Like I always felt like they added a more balance to Jeff. And so I think without them there to balance out his bluntness, I feel like the show would just be too mean. I don't know that for sure because we haven't seen it. But this episode, my favorite of the season, was the one with the fight between Jeff and Jenny. Now, I was devastated to see this. Like, this was shocking because I thought like they'd been through the hard stuff. Jenny was, of course, the godmother to their kid, Jeff and Gage's child, Monroe. And so I didn't think that they would have a big fight. Or if I did, I thought maybe it'd be like a for publicity thing. But this seemed very real. And I don't see them coming back from it. They've had a working relationship for so long, and this fight in the last episode of the season was about Jenny feeling like she put her acting career on the back burner, and Jeff feeling insulted that Jenny thought you know, he had, was somehow to blame for her acting career not going anywhere. The dynamics of this fight were so interesting to watch. The meat of the fight took place in the car with Jeff's other assistant and Leah Black, famously from The Real of Miami. Do you remember at that Miami reunion? She's like, on my back. Never forget. <laughs> I loved Miami season two. Ah, I live. Anyway, uh, in flipping out. So they're in the car and Leah Black's literally in passenger. Jenny's in the back seat, And then she's in the backseat with Jeff's other assistant. And they're fighting about whether or not like Jenny gave up a role in a Nicolas Cage movie. It's like a bizarre fight. But then there's tears. Two years ago, I had a general with one of the head people at NBC for sitcoms. I've turned down probably this is 40. This is what I'm not going to buy into. I'm not going to buy into somehow you could have developed a career and as an actress, but this job is holding you back. Like, I'm not subscribing but to any of that. Just the thing. You can it, you've always minimized my acting. It's what you love to do. And I'm over it. I'm like, not, I'm so over it. I'm not minimizing yes, anything. Since the day I met you, you should I host. Just, You're not this. You can't do this. Jenny. And you're rapping stupid and all this, all the stuff you've said along the years. It's a devastating fight. And then at the end of the episode, they meet at a diner and you think it seems like they're going to make up and they, they sort of make up, but not really. It's devastating to watch this friendship. It was like this friendship, I think, formed because of reality TV, because Jenny was supposed to be doing this other show. And then Bravo ended up picking up flipping out with Jeff. And so she, I think, inadvertently became Jeff's assistant to do this show. And so I think their relationship happened because of reality TV and they were able to get so close because of reality TV, but then reality TV is the thing that broke them apart. So it's just like a very, very meta weird dynamic. And I don't think it'll ever come back. 
I don't know how it could ever come back. This episode was like such compelling TV because you could tell that they're actually friends. The fight is sort of fourth wallish behind the curtain. Amazing TV. Amazing TV. And I'm very sad about it. I'm sad that it, I don't think it'll come back. I don't know how they could do it without a Jenny or Zuela. So number four, you know what's fun is I normally on the podcast, I only get to cover Housewives because there's just not a lot of time to talk about all these other shows, but I love watching them. It's just there's not enough time. So I like getting to chat a little bit more. Anyway, number four is Married to Medicine, another great show. This was in the black. So this was season five, episode 15. It aired March 2nd, 2018. Now, this wasn't the most recent season. This was the season before, which finished airing before the the current one. So, Married to Medicine has delivered really great TV for like five plus seasons. I think the first five seasons are flawless. And at the end of season five, this was the season five finale. It was called, again, In the Black. It was intense. So this was the dissolution of Quad and Dr. G. So do you remember? They've been cast members since the beginning. Quad is, of course, like a catchphrase queen. (laughs) But anyway, at the end of this episode, this was when the fourth wall is broken. So in Married to Medicine, they do a lot of the couple confessionals. So it's usually the husband and wife there together. And in this episode, it was like Quad and Dr. G were doing their confessional. And they'd been feuding all year. Like they've been having these little arguments. But this was so interesting because at the time they were doing their confessional, And Dr. G storms off saying he doesn't want to have the conversation about a divorce on TV the way that Quad does. So he's like storming out of the confessional. He's like, I don't want to have this TV, this conversation on TV like you want to have it on TV. I don't. And Quad replied with, why'd you sign up for reality TV then? So you want to get divorced? What are you saying right now? Why why are you saying this right now? Because here's the thing. You're 50, right? And I'm 36. Why are we wasting time? You see, we're in bad shape. And I've been telling you that for a long time. Well, and then when I asked you what did you want to do, you was like a deer in the headlights. I don't want to have this conversation on TV, but you do. That's that I don't like. That's not me. Why are you signing for reality TV? I'm out of here, man. Why'd you sign up for reality TV? (laughs) Not for this. For you. For you. It was like a chilling moment that ended an amazing season of Married to Medicine. And somehow Married to Medicine always incorporates the husband's really good better than any other Bravo show, the inclusion of the men works in like a really weird, unexpected way. Like when on Housewives, when husbands get involved, it's like very obnoxious, but Married to Medicine, it's like just as much about the men as it is the women. So it's great to see these real relationships. And I mean, seeing that rawness of someone asking for a divorce, and then literally like they're saying, the husband's saying, I don't want to talk about this on TV. Like you want to do it on TV, I don't. And then her responding with, why did you sign up for reality TV? Like, I mean, I got chills right now. It's so compelling. And I feel like the show doesn't get as much buzz as some of the housewives, but I urge you to watch season five. Again, it wasn't the most recent season. It was the season before it, which aired in 2018. I think the current, the most recent season, season six, it hasn't reached like the heights of season five, but it's still good content. But season five, so intense, so fucking good. Number. Three. This one's sort of a cheat, too, you guys. I cheated on this one. So this is Southern Charm. The whole recent season was A plus TV, five stars. And my favorite episode was The Breakup Bunch 1 and The Breakup Bunch 2. So season five, episodes one and two. It aired April 5th and April 12th. Now I'm including two episodes. It's two episodes I'm including because it was part one and part two. So it was a to be continued. So I feel like it counts. 
I feel like it counts. Now, season five was the series best. It had a clear villain, Ashley, and it started with this like great boys versus girls vibe that really pulled the curtain back on the Charleston like good old boy system. It was amazing TV. Do you remember at the beginning of season five when they they always would do the Bapadu? And in season five, at the very end of the first episode of season five, it got the slowed down Bapadu. So it was like, these girls don't like these boys, Bapadu. It was like a slowed down dramatic Bapadu. And it told us what was going on. And in these first two episodes, do you remember the girls? First of all, we had Catherine meeting Ashley for the first time at that dinner party, that outdoor dinner party at Chep's. And then we also had like Naomi, who was a star the most recent season. Like she was going up against JD. And they were saying, like, in the fights, like, you know, we're done with this good old boy system and all this stuff. And it was, like, so interesting. How would you know how good of a husband I am? Because I literally go to your house almost every day and pick your wife up out of bed. Because of you. It's really hard to see, Liz. What is it? Are y'all upset with me or something? Yes. You pretend to do, like, the golden boy It doesn't work anymore. Everybody at this table knows that you're a complete piece of shit. This was the first season of reality TV that was like post Me Too movement. And so this whole season kind of dealt with those dynamics that our whole country was dealing with and is still dealing with. And it was just so, such compelling TV. And then you had all these big, great personalities like Craig and Naomi and uh, Catherine and Ashley and Thomas. I don't know that we'll be as good as we were in season five. Like, I don't know that season six is going to be as entertaining. Because Ashley's not back, Thomas isn't back, and rightfully so, they should not be back. But season five just gave us like a rare glimpse of like perfect reality TV. And do you remember every episode they'd do that Papa do? <laughs> like they would tell you what was going on. So it'd be like, Danny's doing this top 10 list, Papa do. Papa dee dee. Papa do. Papa dee dee. Oh, I got chills that first time I heard the slow down remix version. Chills. Perfect storm of reality TV greatness. Okay, you guys were in the top two. So top two. Number two is Vanderpump Rules. The episode is titled Sex, Lies, and Audio Tape. This was season six, episode five. It aired January 8th, 2018. This is not the current season of Vanderpump Rules that is currently airing. This was the season before, but this episode aired in 2018. Now, most a lot of people consider Vanderpump Rules to be like the best on Bravo. You know, they just had before this recent season, they had a big Vanity Fair write-up. It's really good. The cast seems to be real friends rather than just like a bunch of people forced to interact. And they're also the perfect mix of like classy and trashy. Like at times they appear sexy and put together. And then moments later, we see them arguing by the Sir Dumpster with cigarettes gathering ash in their hands (laughs) as they aggressively point at each other. Now, I love that. Any scene by the Sir Dumpster, I love that Dumpster's a star. And (laughs) this was season six episode Five. This was the one where it was revealed that Jax had cheated on Brittany. Rotten Hill. <laughs> and it was revealed that he slept with Faith, who was like a side player in this whole fucking circus act. And then allegedly there was like an older woman in the room. Now, we learned that there was like an audio tape recording of, that was taken from bed of like Jax confirming the threesome and like, or <laughs> I call it a threesome all the time, but it's confirming about hooking up with Faith. So this was the episode where like the whole gang was at a party and then Brittany finds out about this audio tape recording and then they play it over like the loudspeaker at the party. No, we don't even hear, we don't hear like what was said on that tape, 
but we see the fallout from it. And it was so good. I can hear Jax and Brittany. Okay, Kristen just said something. She was like, I feel like I can hear Jax yelling about He's something. yelling at her right now. Not only did he do what he did with Faith, there's audio on that phone. All of a sudden, their sides formed. You know, like a lot of the girls went with the girls and, the, you know, to back Brittany. And then the guys, some of them went to like back Jax, even though Jax was very clearly in the wrong. It was amazing TV. It all happened in this like dingy apartment that is perfectly sums up Vanderpump Rules. Like it was just the perfect, perfect TV. That whole season was perfect TV. Like I think I'm, I'm loving this current season, but I don't know how they could live up to that. But it was like, I always love reality TV when the viewers are forced to take sides just as the cast does. So it's like most of us were Team Britney, but it was like the Jax had his boys by by his side. And it was just such a thrilling episode of TV and such a thrilling season of TV. And again, anytime we're forced to take sides, it's like a good thing for the audience. Because even on um in New York, it's like when we're forced to take sides between Bethany or Caroline. Or uh <laughs> <laughs> when we're forced to take sides why can't it's not caroline why, why am i calling her caroline who is <laughs> why can i think of her um her name <laughs> what remains <laughs> bethany and carol <laughs> why did i want to call her caroline you guys <laughs> anyway she's off the show so it doesn't matter but it's we were even forced to take sides there, and it was like that always makes the best TV. So Vanderpump Rules, it like it was a perfect season again. That audio recording, which I would still love to hear if we can get a copy of that, I'd love it. So now da 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 on to number one. This is my number one episode of TV, and I think this is the number one episode across all TV. Are you ready for it? We know it's from Roni, right? Like I already gave that away. So this is. Season 10, episode 17, it aired August 1st, 2018, and it's called Ship Happens from the Real Houses of New York. Now, Roni's my favorite show on Bravo. It's probably my favorite show on TV, maybe ever, like of all time. Like, it's, it's probably tied with HBO's The Comeback for, like, my favorite show of all time across anything. And literally for 10 seasons, I think it's given us perfect mix of drama, laughs, everything. Like, I don't think Roni's had a bad season for 10 seasons. Like, they're getting into their 11th season, and they've never once had a bad season. You might not have liked certain seasons, like the, uh, what's her name, Cindy Barship season. Like, it's not the best of all of them, but it's not a bad season of TV. Like, I would say, if you rewatch that Cindy Barship season, like, it still holds up as, like, good TV. It's just, I think, coming off of, that was season four, coming off of season three, which was, like, a high so I don't think Roni's given us one season of bad TV, but season 10 gave us like perfect TV. This was, of course, the season where Luann got arrested. And so going into this season, we thought it was going to be all about the Tom and Luann divorce arrest stuff. But it turned out they had so much more. They literally had so much stuff. And this episode gave us like an action set piece. So they were in Cartagena and the girls had just left their resort. <laughs> or they just left. They were on the little island. They were leaving the island to go back. Sonia, it's a little bit bumpy. It's totally a little bumpy. Fun. That was really that bad. Was not bad. Yes, you've been to Columbia ten times. You have not been on this boat. I, I have been exactly. Why would you bring us on this boat if you did that before? Because it's normal. It's not normal. Because you go like this and you bounce. Ah! It is not normal. It is normal. All right, let's don't tell me that. It is, baby. Oh, that's tough. It is. 
crazy Tinsley over there saying, oh, it's fine, it happens all the time. Maybe for you, but not for me. I have a kid back home. You know you do with this boat. You guys are idiots. It's normal. You slap through the, the, the earth. You go like this, like through it. This doesn't feel so extreme to me. I mean, we're rocking. I'm just sort of riding the waves. Nobody does this. This yes, is like they do. Oh, this is I like. I have been in this country so many oh, times. I'm good for you. you. I'm fucking pee my swimsuit. Is this yours? I just peed on it. I, that's mine. Oh, no. I've been on many boats in my life. I've never been on a boat like this size going dun, 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 like a little tugboat. Stop being a shot. This is no joke. <laughs> this is like taking an airplane with one propeller. I just pee my pants. Right, shh. Right, shh. Calm down. Just calm it's down. It's not just right. Just... No. Sit the down. That's not funny. Oh. This is crazy. Oh, no, I want to I'm getting oh. sick in there. They need to slow down. It was literally like some sort of action movie. Like, it was not like we were watching a reality show. It was like an action movie. Like, the girls were clutching each other. Carol was throwing up on the side of the boat. Bethany, who was holding her hair back. Now, here's what's interesting. Bethany's holding Carol's hair back. But the whole season, they had been feuding. And so watching Bethany hold her hair back, it was like, it didn't matter what they were fighting about. Bethany was holding her hair back as Carol was puking a bucket. And so it added this, like, extra layer into this action scene. I mean, it was so, 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 so wonderful. This whole season, we got Giovanni, we got the, wow, Bethany, wow, wow, wow. And we got a a million other iconic moments. We got uh, Luann waking up hungover at the Berkshires. (laughs) Remember when she sounded like Darth Vader? Water! (laughs) We're looking for water. We got so much stuff. But it was like, this cinematic boat ride was one of the most cinematic things I've seen, I've seen on TV. Like, we got so much stuff. We knew they made it home alive, but watching it play back was edge-of-the-seat excitement. It was so, again, incredibly layered. I loved it. I mean, even uh, Ramona and Sonia, they weren't even close friends, but on this boat trip, we saw them, like, clutching each other for dear life. And then we didn't get a lot of footage. We did get some grainy cell phone footage, I think was taken by Bethany, but we got some very little footage of the boat ride, but then we got the retelling of the boat ride was almost more thrilling the way the girls were telling it back. I mean, it was fantastic. And then as if that weren't enough, we also had like this wonderful comedy of all the women dealing with their bowels. (laughs) It was This was the perfect hour of TV. Like if you want to watch a perfect hour, like go watch Ship Happens. Now, I think Bravo fans consider like New York and Atlanta the best of the housewives. And uh, those are like serious Bravo fans consider New York and Atlanta the best. But casual viewers, I think, prefer Beverly Hills or Orange County because I hear from a lot of people who watch and a lot of like more casual viewers will say they like Orange County best or or Beverly Hills. And my theory on that is because casual viewers like to watch while they're folding laundry. And like the people who are like really intense about housewives, like super fanatics, they watch it because it's good, great TV. And so the fanatics, we like New York because they go through stories super quick. And you can't just watch New York while you're folding laundry. Like you have to pay attention to New York and you have to watch every episode because if you miss one week, you'll miss a whole storyline. Whereas if you miss one week of Beverly Hills, like you can jump back on board and be fine. So it's like very fast paced storytelling, uh, storytelling that's not for everyone. But I'd argue that the drama and the comedy on New York is is good, if not better, than anything on scripted TV. New York also has like these women who are single women over 50 talking about sex and they're dating, 
You don't see that anywhere on scripted TV. It's fantastic. I love it so, so much. It's not just fluff. It requires more from viewers than just like, you know, watching people argue about glassware or Nanny Kay. I mean, they're literally running through five storylines in one episode. And the West Coast girls are just like spending 13 episodes about, you know, whether or not someone wore underwear. So I think New York, it defies odds. 10 seasons in, it's better than ever. I can't wait for next season. I'm not at all worried about New York. I never get worried about them. So like even in the off season, like we haven't heard a lot of stuff about what's going on in New York. I don't worry at all. Those girls could have no drama and I'd still be entertained. I truly believe that they're just great TV. As long as that cast is coming back, I think we're good. Not worried about it. So that's my top 10. Or top 13, rather. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm so glad you've all watched with me and have listened to everything iconic. I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. I hope you all have a wonderful new year. And I can't wait to have wonderful, uh, iconic episodes to come in 2019. We'll get to chat about them on Everything Iconic. I love you all. Thanks for watching the Iconic TV. Did I already say that? I already said that. But thanks for watching so much Iconic TV with me. Here's to many more. Raise your glasses. I normally do these little cooldowns. So let's, we'll do a little end of the year cooldown. So everyone take a deep breath in. Hold it. Take a deep breath out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Now think of your favorite Bravo moment and breathe out. So I just ran through my list of my favorite Bravo episodes. Now, I would encourage you all, if you get a chance, to think of your favorite Bravo moment from the past year or so and and go watch it and enjoy it and just uh, smile and laugh. And they, you know, Bravo gives us so much. So I thank them. And I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.